on the campus until Friday morning when everybody leaves. So really, it's kind of more like Sunday night or Monday morning to Thursday. Um, but it's an amazing time. It's always great for me and my family because um, you get to get away. You can kind of see a little bit of the background here. This was uh, our Orange Coast group, a good-looking group there. Um, some nice shirts as well. Uh, so I think some people have those on. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'll send out an email this week, and we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. But um, we want to say thank you to Christina Gruenberg, who designed these shirts uh, for the church. And uh, we'll give you details on how you can get one if you like uh, a little bit later. But, you know, this morning what we're going to do is we're going to give some space for uh, the people that went to this camp. Uh, to give testimony of, of how God was working in their lives uh, throughout this past week. Um, you know, when you're able to take time away and just devote that to God, it really, you know, I, I think something wonderful happens because, uh, you know, the Lord is always ready and willing to meet us, but when we are ready and willing to meet with Him, uh, then something amazing happens. And, and that's what I think many of us saw this past week. Um, the camp theme is fearless, and uh, the, the, every year there's a verse that is chosen uh, for that week. And this week, um, the theme is 1 John 4.18, which says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so all throughout the camp, at some point, the speakers and leaders, you know, touched on this idea of what does that mean to be full of fear, to be fearless, to, you know, have love that drives out fear. And, and each program, each, um, you know, speaker kind of approached this in a different way. For myself, uh, I was in the high school program. And um, I, I was one of the core staff there kind of helping to, to make sure, um, you know, everything was still standing at the end of the week. And uh, we succeeded. Uh, just one hole in one of the walls. It was just drywall. Um, so um, we survived. Um, but, you know, one of the things I, I was thinking that, you know, there's so much that was shared throughout the week. And I was just thinking, you know, what was maybe one thing that, that really stood out to me? And uh, one thing that, that stuck with me was, um, you know, our speaker, Pastor Brian Holland, he was sharing uh, a number of things. And one of them was about this idea that, you know, many of the men and women that we read in the Bible, they face these great challenges. One of those instances was in Daniel 3. And we, in Daniel 3, there's a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And... Uh, these three young men were taken, uh, you know, from their people and, and forced into a new culture. They had a new culture uh, kind of put upon them. And there was this thing where, where the king, he, he instituted this law that, you know, you had to bow down. You had to worship um, this idol. And these men refused. And they refused even under punishment of death. And if you're familiar with the story, that the punishment was that if you refuse to, you know, to follow the king, then you get thrown in this furnace. And this furnace is just this blazing inferno. And there's no way that anyone could survive this. And yet these men still said, you know what, no matter what, whether God will save us or not, 
we're not going to bow down to this idol. We're going to be faithful to the Lord. And so the king threw them in there, bound, and, and you know they were tied up. And, and what we find is that, that as they're thrown in there, the only thing that burns is is their their um, you know their um, their bindings, you know that's the only thing. Their 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 uh, not chains but ropes are are the things that 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 burned up. Everything else was fine. And as the people on the outside were looking in, they noticed, hey, there's another person in there. You know, there's another in the fire, and they're saying, well, what's up with that, right? And out of that miraculous event, the king's heart is changed. You know, the king's heart is changed that he believes, you know, that, that he says, wow, there must be a God, and these guys know that God, right? But it was this idea that, that, you know what, in our daily lives, if we think about our lives, where do we face challenge? Are we facing challenges, big or small? Are we finding ourselves throughout the course of the day having to contemplate, to think about these decisions of, am I going to just fall into what everyone else is doing or what is normal, acceptable? Or am I being challenged to go a different way? Am I being challenged to follow God? Is there a dilemma inside myself that I'm thinking, you know what, it would be easy to do this, but I feel like God wants me to do that. I don't want to do that. But I know I need to follow God. Now, I have instances in my own life, and and I thought it was just so funny when uh, Pastor Brian he shared um, one of the experiences that, that he had where he was meeting a colleague in a restaurant, in like a, a, a diner. Uh, he didn't say where. I, I always imagine like Denny's in my head or something like that. And he's sitting down and he's talking to um, his friend and, and they're sharing kind of things going on in their ministries and, and they're having this, this great conversation. And then in the middle of that, he's, he sees this young teenage girl walk by and if he just senses the Lord is telling him, you need to tell that girl that, that I love her. That, that, you know, go up to her, tell her, hey, God loves you. And, uh, you know, you need to do that. And he thought, nope, that's, that's kind of weird. I'm an I'm older, big, bald man, and uh, that's kind of weird for me to just go up to someone and say, hey, God loves you. And so he just said, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm ignoring it. And here he is, a pastor, and yet he's internally struggling with this thing. And at the end of his meeting with his friend, then he's just like, he has this like look on his face, I guess, and his friend kind of like, oh, you got to do something for Jesus, huh? And he's like, yeah. He's like, why don't you come with me? Why don't you, why don't you be my moral support? He's like, nope, I'll see you later. And so he was just like, man, I can't believe my friend. Like, I watched him go outside, get in his car, slow down, and be like, you know, and then just take off. And so he said, like, he was actually walking away, like, no, forget it. I'm not going to, this is just dumb. And then he just, okay, I, I have to do this. I have to do this. So then he looks, and he finds that, that young lady, and then she's with her friend. And she's like, oh, now there's two. Like, that's even more weird. And they're sitting down at a table in this diner. And, and so he... He says, all right, God, you know, all right. So he goes up to the table, and these two teenage girls are looking at him like, who in the world are you? 
And he's like, you know, I know this may be kind of weird, but I just, you know, I just wanted to tell you that, that God loves you. And they're just looking at him like blankly, like, like, okay. You know, and he's thinking, okay, I'm going to do this, and then God's going to do something amazing. They're going to start crying, like, I've been praying for God to tell me that he loves me, and, you know, what's a sign, and, you know, and just nothing. They're just like, wow, you are really weird. You know, they're just staring at him, and so he says, okay, and he just, like, backs up, and, and he turns around, and, and he leaves, and he walks out the door, and he, he, he just hears God tell him, just checking. He's like, what? What do you mean, just checking? And he, he's like, just checking. See if you would follow me, you know? And he's like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, that's something that really spoke to me was how much in our daily life was something as small as that as just maybe telling someone, hey, you know what? God loves you. And I say small, but, of course, that's, you know, that's a huge kind of thing, Right? Maybe to smile at somebody. Maybe to pay for somebody's drink that's in the line behind you. Or, you know, whatever it is that you feel God is putting on your heart to do that thing in obedience. How many of us are struggling like that every day? Are wrestling with those things where we feel like, you know what, whether you, you think of it as your conscience or, or you recognize that the Holy Spirit is moving you, directing you, or maybe you really sense like, no, God is telling me to do something. You know, how many of us are going through our days and thinking, wow, I'm really struggling with these decisions throughout my day? And what he said that really kind of caught me was like, you know what, if you're not wrestling with those things, then maybe more of your day is spent living in disobedience to God than in obedience to God. Because we know that as Christians, he has called us to go out into the world, right? To share his love, to make disciples, to teach people. So if we're not being challenged to do those types of things, then are we really following him? Are we really open to him? Are we available? Are we saying, yes, Lord, show me how I can serve you today? Jesus, won't you use me today? So with that, that's kind of, you know, my thought that I, that I really uh, kind of came away with this week. And there's so many others and, and great teachings that we all have. And, and because of that, I want to give some space. So uh, we have, as you saw in the picture, I think 24, 25, somewhere around there, people that came from this church. Um, every single one of them is able to speak. So if you're one of those people and you would like to share about your experience um, at camp, you know, I'm going to give you um, a little bit of time. Just please take a, a, just a few minutes uh, so there's enough room for a handful of people to share. So you guys can come forward. Uh, hi out there. This is a... Uh... I really enjoy camp. The first year I ever went to camp was 1969 when I was 10, going on 11. <laughs> um, I haven't been to every camp, so some of the people have been there more times than not. But I was trying to figure it out. I believe this was my 40th church summer camp. And uh, we started going back again when, when our kids were old enough to go into the children's program. And um, 
that was 2003. Can you put the first slide up there? So 2003 is the first year we went back. Now, a lot of these people aren't here anymore, but my kids are up there in the front row. That's Nathan and Angie. <laughs> so back then, we had actually we had 30 people go that year. We go, we're going to just go through all these years. I have them real quick. You just click through the years, and we'll see how many people went in each year. We had 20 people in 2004, 22 in 2005. This was our largest group ever, 32 in 2006. So we can, we can beat that next year, 24 in 2007, in 2008. Now, it started getting smaller. We were only 13 in 2009. It got really small in 2010 since the Kotsubos and the Kimuras and eight, eight people and nine people. And at 20, then we got starting bigger again. We had our youth group growing, so at 17 in 2012, 13 in 2013. And we all had new shirts then. 10 people in 2014. And we had another shirt here in 2015. We had 17 people go. And then nine people in 2016. In 2017, there's only six. Uh, actually, uh, Nathan, Andrew, and, uh, and Caleb had gone to Japan. So they, uh, Caleb and Andrew weren't there. But they're back here serving. Now there's, uh, Andrew and Caleb are now serving in Middle High. And then last year, we had 12 and then this year we had, if I counted right, there's 25 people in this picture. So next year you guys can all be one. And we also have these new shirts that, we, that, that he was talking about. That, uh, and then if we go on to these, I have a few pictures from the different programs. Uh, well, this is all camp worship. That's you, someone you recognize at the front down here. And she took a picture of the whole group. So this is uh, Monday morning we had uh, the entire camp in there worshiping. Next, This is the middle high group. And coincidentally, the three from our church are right in a row right there. There's Kayla, Kara there, and Caleb and Andrew. That was one of their recreation games. I don't think they were pulling against them. <laughs> Next. And then this is Junior's primary group. I was the worship leader for the Junior and primary group. So together we had, a, oh, I think, 50 or over 50. And Next. And uh, this is one of the small groups, but it's Raphael there in his small group. And uh, the juniors and a primary from that were in the, in the going to camp this year from our church. And preschool group, you can see uh, a lot of the, <laughs> the kids there. And they sang a song. I don't have a video of the song, but you can see the song. And you can see some of our kids over here. Next, and I think that's my last slide. And it's just a wonderful time for, for me uh, to be leading. Uh, I believe this was my 12th time leading praise for the uh, juniors and primaries. I've been doing it long enough that the juniors I originally had are now the leaders of the juniors. So that's a pretty cool opportunity to see. And also, Christina and Dan were our speakers for the junior program. So we were highly involved there. So I, I encourage everybody to come on out, and I encourage those people. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't get around to the college group, so Nathan, you have to share with the college group. I don't have a picture for that one. But uh, it was a, a great time. We had a good, good weather, and I encourage other people to go next year. Hello, I'm Dan. Can everyone hear me? 
So camp was great this year. It was a lot of fun. Uh, one thing, we, we were with Mike Kamara, who is doing worship for the young children, and he was absolutely excellent, and he was just rocking, and we had all these really funny songs, and it was funny how these little kids' songs, like, really, you could, like, really feel it, and they were talking about uh, the song Louie Louie, they, they sang, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go, huh. <laughs> And then all the kids would, like, jump up and yell, huh? So we have a relative who is nine years old, and she said, is that Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go home? And we said, no, but that actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> so um, we got to, I got to talk, and Christina got to talk, and we got to teach about six Bible stories. One of those Bible stories was one that Phil talked about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into a burning fire. I don't know if you know this story, but they, the king is so mad that he says, make the fire seven times hotter so it will just incinerate these people. And the soldiers who are throwing them in, it's so hot that they burn up. The soldiers die. But the three people who go inside the fire are unharmed. And the Bible says they're not even singed. Not even a hair on their head is singed by a fire that killed these soldiers. And there's a fourth person that appears who looks something like a god. It's unclear if that's Jesus or an angel. But it raises an interesting question. Does the Bible ever insult your rational intelligence? Because the Bible, if you, just, if you read it and you're not a believer, it can insult your rational intelligence. You think, how could something like that happen? That's impossible. So does anyone here know how you believe the Bible? You can shout it out if you know the answer. Yes, how do you get faith? There's a way that the Bible says to get faith. There's a way that you can believe all this stuff. And the Bible tells us it's by hearing the word in Romans. That's how you believe this stuff is by hearing the word. So if you don't hear the word and someone tells you, um, that there was a, a virgin birth or three guys get put into a furnace and not even a hair is singed. Uh, there's a similar story when Daniel's older, when he gets thrown into a lion den and he doesn't even have a scratch on him. So these supernatural stories really strain credulity and it's hard to believe in them. But the only way you can believe in them is by listening to the Bible. So I did a I did an acting job where it was actually a really fun job. I sent pictures to some of the people in church. There was a unicorn with, there's like a little horse with a unicorn. So during this day, I drove out an hour and I was on set for 12 hours and I drove back for an hour. During this day, I listened to 10% of the Bible, which is for, for me, it was a huge accomplishment. I think people tend to look at the Bible as something you take in one sentence a week or one sentence a day. But by taking it in and in 10% of it in one day, I got a different feel for it, that you can really um, consume huge amounts of it, and it does change your life and get you um, believing. And uh, in terms of camp, we just had a lot of fun, and Caroline, is there anything you remember about camp that was... <laughs> You're right in front of me. Would you like to come up and share?
Thanks, Dan. Is this like popcorn sharing that I get to now call out the next person? Um, but, you know, the interesting thing about what Dan was sharing about is our speaker actually, um, we had two speakers. One was Benjamin. Um, he's the new Rob Robinson, I think is his last name. He's the new uh, pastor. Well, he's not a new pastor, but he their church is new in our conference, and it's from the Living Hope um, Church up in um, the East Bay um, area. And he shared, he, that's really what he talked about is about how important it is to know the word and to read the Bible and, and that it's fine to like love worship songs and to read devotionals and read books and all this stuff. But really that, um, that when you really read the Bible and, and take it in and understand that that's really how your faith is built, which is funny because Dan wasn't even in there, but that's what he talked about. And, um, a couple years ago, I got a prophetic word from somebody that I didn't know. And it was in a setting kind of like this. And he was the leader and he pointed me out and I didn't know him. And he said, you're going to receive full healing when you get into the word. And, um, the more and more, um, you know, I've been to, I think I beat Mike by one year. This is my 41st year at camp. (laughs) And no, I'm not older than Mike, (laughs) but you know, I've been a Christian a long time, but it hasn't been until the last like three or four years that I've really started to read the Bible. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm always been like kind of a person that I love the connection with people. I love the fellowship. I love, you know, worshiping the Lord through music and, and all that kind of stuff. But, and I was never really a scholarly person in school and, um, I'm kind of known as the airhead of family <laughs> because I don't really, I'm not like an intellectual, you know? So for me, reading the Bible was always something that was very um, daunting and kind of like boring. And I didn't really want to like sit there and just read and study because I felt like, well, I wouldn't really understand it. But then I saw these people um, a few years ago doing what's called Bible journaling. And so I've always been pretty good at art. And so what you do is you read scripture and then you like draw it out. And so since I've been doing that, it has totally changed my view of the Bible and it's totally changed like how I, um, take in scripture and how I apply it to my life. And, um, you know, I, I was listening to the song before we went to camp and it said, my weakness is my honor, not my shame. And that keeps coming out and coming out. And one of the things that the speaker said is that, shame is just an unfinished part of your story. And so a lot of times when we come to church or in these kind of settings, we don't want to share about the things that are hard. You know, we don't, we come to church and we have these Sunday faces and maybe you don't want to get involved into a small group because you feel like, well, I don't want people to know what I'm going through. Or you don't ask for prayer because you say, I don't want them to know this is what I'm struggling with or, you know, this and that. And so the more and more that, um, throughout the week that God was, reminding me of that song and, um, and through the speakers and all that. And, and I think that, that when we go through hard times, like I've had a really hard year and, um, I didn't really share it with a lot of people, but it's just been a really emotionally hard year for me. And, um, there was like multiple things going on. Part of it was moving and part of it was, you know, getting used to new routines and stuff like that. But, you know, I really need prayer, you know? And so me standing here today and just asking like, church, would you pray for me? Would you pray that the Lord just really, um, 
helps me to get over this emotional funk I'm in, you know, because he wants to use us for his glory. And the things that we struggle with and the things that hurt are the things that he wants to use. And so, um, Philip and I have a a friend that recently passed away last week and, um, some of, a few of you know him, but it really wrecked me. And I think the thing that wrecked me was that it reminded me that this life that we're in, that we're living in, this day-to-day life, it's not guaranteed at all. That tomorrow you could just drop dead of a heart attack and be completely healthy and then all of a sudden drop dead. Or, you know, you could be struggling internally and not share it with somebody and then your life is ended, you know, spiritually. And, you know, there's so many different ways that we're not guaranteed life here on earth, but we're guaranteed life in Jesus. Amen? And so my hope is that in my life, that my weakness would be my honor and not my shame. And that I would grow more and more in learning about the Bible. And so one of the things I've committed to doing is I'm going to teach a Bible journaling class here at church. And so I don't know what the date is going to be yet, but if you're interested, come talk to me and we're going to do it. So that's, that's all I have. I don't know if I'm going to popcorn somebody else, but maybe somebody from Middle High can come share. <laughs> somebody maybe who was in Middle High maybe wants to share? <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm Andrew. I've only been going probably, I want to say like 16 years, which is pretty good percentage-wise, but I'm not up there yet. I will be. So this is my second year as a cabin leader uh, for Middle High, which is like sort of where I feel like I fit best. Um, just because Middle High was a important program for me when I was that age. It was like where I started to grow for myself like in my faith instead of just going like to have fun which I still do have fun there obviously but now you know you start to understand a lot more things in middle high so I like that I can be there for these young men and try to lead them in the right direction Um, this year I had uh, one kid who was not Christian so it was a little bit of a challenge but I was just doing my best to I show him like a good time and then try to like, you know, push him gently in the right direction. And he said he's going to keep coming to church and, you know, I'm hopeful for him. And yeah. Um, and with the speaker, he did a lot of like challenging more so than like what most middle high speakers would do where like, you know, he's not just like giving very surface level things he was he was really like talking about some more challenging topics so even like the staff we could get stuff out of it Um, like in particular he was talking about how sometimes you sort of take it for granted that god will forgive you of your sins and that god loves you but like he doesn't have to do that like he wants to do that for you 
Like he never has to do anything for you. And I, you know, to me, it's like you're a Christian your whole life and you, you kind of just take it for granted that God loves you. But it's very like, it, it's like crazy to think about that if you really stop. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the kids in my cabin all, they were like, you should cabin lead next year for high school because they're all going to high school. And I told them, uh, I think I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, camp is a good time. So all of you come out to camp next year. Um, and I think you really like get like a unique kind of experience out of it. And you can really feel God's presence there. You're surrounded by other Christians and uh, really good speakers all over the place, really good worship, so yeah. Hi, I'm Caleb. I was also a cabin leader for Middle High, my second year doing it. Um, So yeah, like Andrew said, I like middle high a lot. It was the first year I went to camp when the age grade thing was different. But yeah, I enjoyed it. So I like coming back, uh, serving with like people that were in my cabin and also just like having fun with the kids, seeing them grow. I had seventh graders. So they were like first year in middle high. Uh, one of my kids, Matt Cunahan, if any of you know him, is a fairly new Christian. He received Christ in March this year, I think. So it was pretty cool. And out of like all my kids, he was the most engaged to like what the speaker was saying. He was very interested, asked difficult questions at times, which freaked me out a couple of times, but like he understood things. Um, yeah, especially since DJ, our speaker, like, really challenged the kids, and he's like, no, that, he didn't really talk about fearlessness until, like, his very last message, his main thing was like, oh, let's look through the Exodus story, let's compare that to uh, Jesus dying on the cross, and then he started talking about, oh, like, this is how you be fearless, like, in mission and community and obeying God, so that was very impactful, because it's like, it's not just for the kids, it was also for me. Um, and I think one thing that really stood out to me was Tuesday night, uh, Mid-Ohio joined the adult program, which is something that I don't think they've ever done before. And the speaker, uh, Benjamin, was talking about, he talked about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the calling on uh, his own life into ministry when he was like 11 years old or something like that. So I feel like by saying that, that engaged some of my kids. It's like, oh, like God can call you at any time in your life. And like that really, he then had kind of like this altar call kind of a thing where he said, oh, if anyone feels like this calling on their life by God to like go into ministry and like go up. And one of my kids, Simeon Mott, if any of you know him, uh, went up there, and I was like, oh, he went up there. Do I have to go with him? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm his cabin leader. I'll support him. And so I go up there, and there are already people, like, praying for him. And, like, once, like, I go up there, and they kind of, like, part. I guess they're like, oh, it's his cabin leader. Like, <laughs> we have to move. And so 
he's up there and he's like he's just like crying and whatnot and so of course that makes me cry because it's like oh that's like my kid it's like I have to be there for him so I had a dad moment that's the thing. um yeah and so like yeah we were up there for like half an hour plus just like crying and trying to pray for him and the speaker the speaker was also like speaking in tongues which was a crazy thing too so it's like hearing something I've never heard before. And it's also also special because a couple of my other campers uh, were also praying for Simeon. So it was like super special. Um, yeah, so like Simeon got like this really amazing uh, calling or experience with God. And I was just there to witness it. And so that was kind of a new thing for me like I wasn't like experiencing it but I was witnessing it so like afterwards I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do how am I going to lead cabin time how am I going to have like one-on-one with Simeon how am I supposed to like guide him from here on out and so like the staff like came around me we had a really great staff that supported me in that uh they also understood like why I broke like a genesis rule which was going into the room while they were having session because I needed to talk to, like, Matt Asami to, like, understand what I was doing. And he said, no, you'll be fine. And so I had a great time with Simeon. And it was just a great moment. So it's just knowing that God's always in control and I can't do everything. Like, it wasn't my experience. It was, like, God, like, coming over us and doing things. So, yeah, that was my experience at camp. tough act to follow. <laughs> uh, I'm Nathan. Uh, this is like, like my Andrew said, it's probably like my 17th year going to camp or something like that. And I'm only like 22, so <laughs> it's a lot of years. So I don't know, that's a pretty good recommendation from me, I guess. Um, I really think camp is just like the perfect place to grow stronger in your relationship with God because you're just it's just great to be up in the forest and like away from the distractions of everyday life and you're surrounded by like such a strong community of other people who are all Christian and all passionate about growing in their faith as well. Uh, yeah, so everyone should go. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in the Genesis program. Uh, this is like <laughs> my sixth year doing the Genesis program or something like that. Uh, so it's a long time, uh, and it's it's been good as always. Um, let's see. I think one of the highlights for me of, of Genesis is we do like this uh, retreat where it's called a retreat of silence. Where well, this year we went on like a little hike in like the redwoods, and then you kind of split off by yourself and just be alone with God. And I think that's like a really powerful thing. And God kind of told me, like, uh, you should do this more when you're not just at camp. <laughs> so I think that's one thing that I learned. Um, so our speaker was uh, Trent Ming, who's, like, uh, the pastor at Becoming Church, I think. Um, and then, yeah, the theme was fearless. I think, like, his, his message is kind of similar to what 
uh, Pastor Phil was talking about. They, he talked about like specific people in the Bible and how they dealt with like, uh, I guess, their fears and like things that related to that. Uh, one example that stuck with me was uh, he talked about the story of Paul, which uh, uh, in his like transformation from <laughs> basically being like one of the probably the most evil people of his time to being one of like the most famous Christians. And um, the way he related it to the theme was like, you don't have to be like trapped by your shame or even people who are in like the lowest places can be transformed by God's power. Uh, I think the big takeaway for me uh, for the week was, uh, well, the theme was fearless, of course. Um, I think the biggest fear we talked about in my small group was uh, the fear of failure that a lot of us deal with, whether it's like fear of starting a new ministry or going to a new Bible study or fear of evangelizing to people and how it's like difficult fear for us to overcome. And I think the lesson that God really wanted to tell me was that through him, when you have faith in God, uh, you don't have to be a slave to your fear. And um, he'll provide for you. Uh, that's it, I guess. <laughs> this is my second year at camp. I have a very small percentage, <laughs> but I'll work on it. Um, For the second year in a row, I got to bring my niece and nephew to camp, which is a really special time for me. Um, I get to spend individual time with my niece in particular, um, just beyond what I get to do at any other time in the year. This year, it was especially special with my niece. She was in the juniors program and got to hear from Dan and Christina and experience worship uh, from Mike. And... In one of the their meetings, um, there was an invitation to go forwards um, to give your life to Christ. And my niece, Riley, was baptized a year or two ago. However, she felt in her heart that she should go forward, and so she did. And I f- feel like that evening, as she told me a little bit about it, I felt like I could see a change in her. And that's continued to be the case. That I feel like God touched her, and she's different. And for both her dad and then also myself, we have this sense that maybe God is calling her to ministry, which is um, just really amazing for me to think about because she's nine years old. Um, and it's overwhelming to think about what God might do in her life. So I thank God for that. And for our Pacific Coast Japanese conference as a whole, at camp, we saw God in prayer bringing us together as a conference. There was one afternoon that there was a workshop on prayer And in that workshop, God was very much speaking to us, saying, we're not just separate churches, but we're like one church as the PCJC with many different locations. And that evening, we were able to live that out in prayer. Um, 
we, the, those of us who were in this prayer workshop became an instant prayer team. And that evening and in a couple other sessions in the adult program, we were able to have prayer times where people could come forwards and receive prayer and receive um, prophetic words of what God wanted to say to them. And it was so powerful to get to pray together with people from other churches and to be united and to be the sense that I had is that we're coming together as the PCJC in order to mobilize outwards. So it's like there's a unity in coming together for the sake of a mobilization and outreach to reach people with the gospel. And it was very powerful to me to see that. So I look forward to what God's going to continue doing uh, through camp and through all these things you've heard this morning that come from that camp experience. Hello, <laughs> I'm Maricela. If you didn't know me yet, I have all the kids in the nursery and <laughs> the Sunday school. But um, this is our second year going as a family. And the last time we were there, we went with Rise. So it was only six of us last time. And this year, four years later, we are a total of eight, nine, nine of us. <laughs> um, and so um, the last time I went... Um, I was expecting for this, like, whoa moment, like, oh, now I know Jesus. <laughs> and it didn't happen, but I did have a lot of fun. But this year that I went, um, I was going in, and I shared this with a small group when we were at camp. I was going in with a lot of fear. Um, and a lot of, I always have fear. I'm a very nervous person. Um, that's why my hair falls. <laughs> but um, I had fear in a big aspect of my life that I'm going to share with you guys. Um, I'm expecting our eighth baby. <laughs> and so <laughs> going in, it was, it's always frightening. Every single pregnancy was like, oh, my gosh, another baby. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? It's financially, um, you know, it's very worrying as a mother, too. It's like I have already a lot to worry about, raising them, showing them the way to God. Um, and it's sometimes difficult, like really, really difficult, stressful, and sometimes, you know, I cry. It's like, what am I going to do? And facing them getting older, it's become more difficult. Like with Ayana, it's like having attitudes and changing and changes she's going through right now. It's just really like nerve wracking for me. But anyway, so that's one, one thing that I was nervous about, but uh, or scared about, um, just this new change in our family and our lives and, um, with myself as well. But with, my own life as far as, um, so I'm coming to church, right? Every Sunday we try to be here and I try to be as Christian as possible by following God, by, um, having him be in my life. But sometimes I forget. And I think that's when fear comes in. And I've realized that that is when fear comes in where I don't put God first. And both speakers that spoke were amazing. Um, but Mike, um, which was the second speaker, and he was a speaker four years ago when we went, um, just gave a powerful message um, where, you know, I, I just felt that he was speaking to me as far as I, if I have God in my heart 
and put him first, put him number one in, in my life, then there shouldn't be any fear. And that's one thing that I, that's really stuck to me that I think that I need to practice more and put into practice to just put God first, put God first, because with him, um, you know, my kids are going to follow. Um, my life is going to be at ease, hopefully. I know it is, but um, the more I do that, and I actually practiced that within the last few days since we came uh, from camp, coming back to, from, to, from camp to, to our home, it was a long drive, um, but I did that, and I started, Mike also had a message where he learned how to pray with this small prayer group in his church where all they did was just praise God. They didn't pray for anybody's worries or troubles or anything like that, and it was just a moment to pray to God, for God, and that really stuck to me, too, because on our way home, I was just, I don't know why, but I was nervous, because it's a long drive, it's a lot of kids, and, you know, we were like, oh, Christina's car broke down, we're like, oh my gosh, our car's old, it's going to break down, so all that came to my head, so I'm like, oh God, but anyways, on our way here, I just closed my eyes, for a few moments throughout the ride, and I just said, you know, you're great, you love me, you are awesome, you always take care of us, and that relaxed me, and when I woke up yesterday, I said, okay, I'm going to do this every day, I'm going to try and do this every day, because if I say I'm going to do it 100%, I may not, and I don't want to lie, but um, I did that yesterday and this morning, and my kids woke up sick, <laughs> they had gotten sick at camp, and the other two got sick, and throwing up everywhere, and I'm like, okay, I didn't sleep good, but I'm going to do this. So I did that this morning, and instead of worrying about them, I said, you know, like, they're in your hands. I know you're going to take care of them. You are good, and it really relaxed me, and it really helped me be not afraid of, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. They're going to get dehydrated, everything that usually comes to my mind with my kids. So I think that's what really resonated with me on putting him first so I don't have fear and putting him first like initially in the day so throughout the day I know that he's got my back basically so that's and then the other side too was my kids were in juniors with Riley and they did come forward as well and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and I'm very happy about that and it was funny because the way they told me well, I found out at the cabin at their at their group, but at when we were at our cabin, Ayana said, "Oh yeah, I felt like I really wanted to do it." And then Raphael said, "Well, I don't know if God was was talking to me, but my heart was pounding and it was racing." And I said, "Okay, I have to go up." And Ayana and the other kids laughed at him like, "What?" But then Caroline the next day said something about that. She said, "If we invite you, if you if you want to get baptized," and she said, "If your heart is pounding and racing inside of your chest, that means God is calling you." So I thought it was funny because I went back and I said, "Raphael, this is what Caroline said. So you're right." And he was like, "Really, Mom's like this?" So, but anyways, anyways, I thought I would share that with you guys because I thought it was really cute. <laughs> but anyways, thank you.
you know, we could be here for a lot, lot longer, but uh, I'm going to try to keep us uh, somewhat on time. Uh, today is Communion Sunday. Um, so uh, in closing, you know, I, I do have a weekly challenge for us, uh, something that you can do during the week. So I encourage you to read Daniel 3. You guys can take a shot of this. I'll also send it out via email. Uh, read Daniel 3. Uh, it's an amazing story. I thought it was amazing how multiple people said that within their, their programs that these different speakers were all talking about this story. Uh, there's so many in the Bible they could have used. But uh, So read Daniel 3. Think about the fears these men may have had. You know, what were they facing? Uh, the grow part, think about your life. When are you challenged to fit in with everyone else instead of following God? You know, what are these decisions that you're making? And then overflow, I encourage you to pray about the ways you can begin to live a life that is fearless and following after God. Um, I almost don't want to do this because of time, but um, how it's very brief, so please bear with me. And you know what? No judgment. If you got to go, you can leave. Uh, if you need to leave early, that's fine. But uh, we have a video that I was told I need to share. Um, to give you guys, uh, you know, this is just one more thing. You've heard the testimony, but some of us are also, we need to have some visuals. Uh, so there's a, a, a short video of some of the things that happened at camp. So please go ahead. <laughs>
computer was struggling a little bit, but thanks for bearing with that. Uh, worship team, you guys can come forward, and uh, let's prepare our hearts to take communion. Now, we know that this was on the night of his betrayal as Jesus gathered with his disciples. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it, and he gave it to them. And he said, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so this morning as we take communion, uh, we do this in remembrance of what he has done for us. We do this in remembrance that that he made a covenant relationship with us that, that because of the blood that he shed, that we are able to, to be with him uh, forever and ever. And so now in this time, we are waiting for him to come back for us. So, um, you know, at Orange Coast, we practice an open communion, so you're all welcome to come forward. Uh, the only thing that we ask is that you are a believer, that you are a, a Christian, uh, someone who follows after uh, Jesus because of the significance of what we're doing, saying that we remember what you did for us, well, we had to have received that first. So I, I'm going to invite Pastor Jenny to come forward. Um, I'm going to pray, and then the, the worship team will, will lead us uh, in a song. Um, during that time, we're going to motion for you to come forward. Please come down the aisles. You can partake of the, the bread in the cup and then uh, return to your seat and take them uh, as you are ready to take them. Um, so, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the many, many uh, testimonies that we heard of what you were doing in this past week. Lord, I'm reminded that, God, we, we all have stories of, of how you have have you know, moved in our life, of how you are um, present in our life. And that's not just at camp, but that's, you know, everywhere that we are. So, Lord, I ask that, that you would remind us that, remind us of what you did on the cross, remind us of, of who you call us, that you call us son, that you call us daughter, and that we can call you father. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the love that you showed us when you took on that cross and the life that you gave us because of that. We do these things in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>